Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is the Hellbender Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. I'm your host, Jacob Romines. A little about me by way of introduction. I'm an author from Kentucky, and I'm also a student at Center College. I write horror, and I'm the author of Something Other, a collection of horror stories, which you can find on Amazon. I'm also working on a lot of projects right now. I'm joined today by Kyle Alexander Romines, my cousin and a much more accomplished author. Kyle, good to have you here. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Well, on this show, I'm going to be asking Kyle questions about his new book, Drone, which is out on Amazon. Kyle, could you tell us about the general plot of the book? Sure. Uh, I've always been interested in superheroes. I I grew up reading comic books like crazy. Spider-Man is my favorite hero. I'm really into Marvel. And I've also been interested in the news and current events, Uh, the applications of drone warfare, the implications, uh, the legal, moral, ethical questions raised by drones, uh, especially now as they're becoming more and more prominent uh, in, in usage, are just fascinating to me. So I decided to write a book that would kind of combine those two genres. Drone is, first and foremost, a love letter to the superhero genre. And to answer your question, it's about the main character is a drone pilot in the Army who's recruited into a top-secret program. And the program has captured a superhero, and they lobotomized him and turned him, retrofitted him with technology to become a human uh, cyborg drone that can be piloted remotely. And the main character, it's his job to pilot the superhero on the government's behalf, whether that means targeting other rogue superhumans or even just terrorist elements across the world. Well, Kyle, that sounds awesome. Um, I'm going to have you say where people can find the book and how much it costs for listeners who might want to buy it already. Sure. Drone is on Amazon. It is in paperback and ebook. On paperback, it's $16.99. And in ebook, it's normally $3.99. But for everyone listening out there, for today and for tomorrow only, Drone will be available for only 99 cents on ebook. And that's really important because tomorrow I'm really I'm promoting the book. My goal is to hit number 1 in the entire science fiction category on ebook and definitely in the superhero uh, subgenre. So if you are look if you like superheroes, if you enjoy science fiction, if you're interested in drone, any combination thereof, I highly suggest go on Amazon Type in drone, and you can get it for only 99 cents. That's less than it would cost you to get a cup of coffee. All right. Well, that's awesome, Kyle. Um, Now, you've already kind of answered what your inspirations were, but could you say why you wrote this book? Why did the story of drone come out onto your computer? Absolutely. Like I said, I, I love superhero stories. I love superheroes. And I was thinking, how would I approach the superhero genre? And it started when I watched in 2014, I watched the movie Godzilla in theaters with my cousin Connor. And I remember watching as these these creatures were so far above humanity that humans were were insignificant to them. And any time they fought 
it unleashed devastation on a massive scale. And I thought, what if superhumans were like that? Well, one of the reasons I actually rushed to publish Drone is in my book, the superhumans are called Titans. And there's, it, it's based on my love of Greek mythology. Uh, but in the new Godzilla movie, they're calling the, the creatures Titans now too. So I wanted to make sure I got my book out first so no one thought it was derivative. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then, um, and then of course, talk a little? The, I, I watch the news all the time, and so I was really fascinated by um, all the uh, usages of drone overseas. To Like, you can press a button and blow up a village on the other side of the world, and that might allow you to kill some terrorist leader, but what if innocents are caught in the crosshairs? It just raises so many interesting questions, and I think that questions like those are where the heart of good fiction is found. Mm-hmm. So it's very destruction-focused, if I'm understanding correctly. Yes. As a matter of fact, the main character, uh, David, he lost his brother in a Titan attack, in a, in a battle between Titans in the beginning of the book. So he hates Titans. Uh, when he's called in by the government to pilot one of these superhumans, he, uh, Prometheus, David hates Prometheus. David hates the Titans. Well, that's a really good segue into my next question, which I wanted to ask you. What are the themes of Drone? You've talked a little about how much destruction can be unleashed from one side of the world to the other in the modern world. You've talked a little about what devastation superheroes could actually cause if they were real. What are some of the moral and uh, ethical themes of Drone? Sure. I dedicated the book to a couple of people and one was a group of people. It was to anyone who believes in heroes. Uh, we live, some people would say we live in a dark time. Um, there's definitely a lot of things going on in the world right now um, that, have never, that have never happened before. I mean, we're definitely at a crossroads in history. And the theme of the book is even in certain uncertain times when we have a lot of institutions in the United States and abroad that we've lost faith in, uh, whether it's the government or other institutions, and people don't know how to tr- who to trust, people are divided. My book is about believing in heroes. It's a very optimistic book in the end. It's a very redemptive story in the end. Uh, David and Prometheus, the titan who he controls, actually, even though they begin the book as enemies, they go through a remarkable uh, journey together. Uh, David discovers, I don't want to give too much away, but they're are more secrets the government is keeping from him. And it's just a very interesting story and a look at, in dark times, believing in heroes. And, and I think it's a very optimistic story. That's awesome to hear. Um, now, I know you don't typically get too political with your books, but would you say that this is a book that's somewhat politically inspired? Yes. I, I grew up watching the news a lot in college and um, before medical school. And that's how I got interested in drone warfare. And a lot of the things that the book does, the book is actually set in the year 2050. And I explore where I think different parts of the world will look like. I wanted to make sure I set it in a world that felt true to our society, but with the advanced technology to do what was capable in the story. So that's why I set it in 2050. So when I set the book in 2050, I said, well, what do I think projecting based on current trends the world would look like now? So, for example, in 2050, I say that the 
Russia has become the Russian has attempted to become the Russian Empire again, and of course we're still tra- we're still in, embroiled in wars in the Middle East. So it's like some things have changed, and yet some things are very much the same. Uh, I've read the book, and from that I know that there is a big change. Could you tell us what happens to Australia? <laughs> yes, in the book, Australia was devastated by two of the most powerful titans. Titans are, I, I don't explore in much detail where the titans come from, if they are superhuman because they were genetically engineered, if they are mutants, uh, if they, what their particular origin is, I leave that to the reader. But I will say that uh, in future works, uh, in future installments, I will tackle, so I've had uh, some readers that are very curious to know more about this world. And I, I can't wait. I, I just can't wait to tell people what I've got coming. Well, if I could comment on that real quickly, I think one of the best things about Drone is that you don't try to spend a bunch of the reader's time explaining superheroes, right? Because there's so many backstories out there of various superheroes, and they all have these contrived explanations of how they got their powers, you know, radioactive BS, or various crafts that occurs to them, and then suddenly, wow, they can do this amazing thing. But you don't really waste the reader's time giving them an explanation that they've heard before. You know, because when we pick up superhero stories, we don't want to be given a false scientific process by which somebody becomes super. No, we want to see them use their powers. And so I just wanted to comment and say that that's something that I really appreciated about Drone Down with these sort of contrived explanations. I'll tell you why I did that, Jacob. Like I said, I grew up watching superhero movies. And something that I would see repeatedly is the need to tell the origin story. And don't get me wrong, an origin story can be a wonderful thing. But there's also something to be said. The movies that grip me the most, if you look at The Dark Knight, for example. um, Now, granted, The Dark Knight was set up by Batman Begins first, but I love a a superhero story that hits the ground running or any story for that matter, not just superhero, something that begins, something that starts off fully formed and ready to go and to drop the reader right into the action. I think there's something to be said for that. And that's what I tried to do with drone. I wanted it to be a full throttle adrenaline rush experience ending every chapter in a way that would keep the readers turning to the next page for almost 350 pages. And Based on some of the reactions I've received, I think I succeeded. Yeah, um, I've read it, and I would completely agree that you have succeeded. Once again, this is Jacob Romines here for the Hellbender Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. I'm with Kyle Alexander Romines, who is promoting his new book, Drone, on Amazon. So could you tell us a little about your approach to science fiction in general? I know you've written another science fiction book, The Chrononaut. Could you tell us just how you take on the genre? It's funny because unlike some of the genres I've written in, science fiction is grounded in science. So unlike fantasy where I can play around and and create my own world and my own set of rules, it's important to ground science fiction in science. Otherwise, it's just speculative fiction. Although you can say that science fiction is a form of speculative fiction, I, I, I went to medical school. And so I try to, in my stories, take what I learned about the human body, pathology, disease, 
and how the human in physiology, how human beings work, and apply that to fiction. So I try to ground the Titans in these superhuman beings um, who are capable of amazing feats, and yet ground that in uh, information that people can relate to. And, and there's something distinctly sci-fi about lobotomizing a superhero and using their body as a drone, right? Because if you're just sending out to write a superhero story, that kind of stuff's not going to happen. It, it takes a very unconventional blending of genres to accomplish something like that. Um, and that leads me to my next question, which is what's your approach to the superhero genre? You've told us a little bit how realistically inspired these Titans are. What about the more unrealistic kind of romanticized aspects of superheroes? That's such a great question, Jacob. Uh, Prometheus is a hero. He's not just a super being. He's not just fighting with other beings because he can. He's doing it for a reason. He's doing it to protect others. In the end, in the most of the story, Prometheus wears a containment suit created by the government to conceal his identity. He looks just like a faceless drone. But before that, he was a superhero. He wore a costume. He wasn't like the other Titans. That's one element of the story. It's, it's about believing in hope. It's about that positivity, even in, when our own life is not as positive. That's, that's, the, that's the fantasy element. And then there's also every good superhero story has a good villain. And so and if it was just science fiction, it might be these mindless monsters fighting each other. But bringing in the superhero element, not only do I have Prometheus acting as a hero, but I also have Typhon, the ultimate villain of the story, the, the mystery villain, if you will. And I won't spoil that for anyone listening because I want everyone listening on the radio to say, this book drone sounds interesting. It's 99 cents. Where can I buy it? Um, and go right to Amazon because it's only uh, literally they can buy it for less than a dollar right now. Um, so I won't spoil the story, but if you're looking for a story with science fiction trappings that is exciting that's full of adrenaline, that has a superhero and a diabolical villain. Drone by Kyle Romines is the book for you. That's a good pitch. I got to also add that uh, the villain, Typhon, is fantastic. Even if what you've heard so far, you may be thinking, oh, not my cup of tea. Maybe, maybe you'd like a story that's you know a little less scary with lobotomies and stuff like that. The villain is worth the whole thing. Ninety-nine cents for a villain like that is a fantastic deal. Um, now, Kyle, how did you write this book? What's your process? Well, I've evolved over the years. Uh, I, it took me a while before I, I was able to finish Drone because I, I've written – my first book was published in 2015. That was called The Keeper of the Crows. Before that, I wrote four books. So it took me a while to get to the point where I was confident enough in my writing. And with each book I wrote after The Keeper of the Crows, I felt I grew better and better and learned more about the craft of writing. Uh, writing really is like a muscle. The more you do it, the easier it becomes and the more you learn. And the, as you refine your craft, you get better and you get capable of storytelling becomes more – the process becomes more natural. So by the time I tackled Drone, I had – fixed out most of the bugs in my writing, the things that I was doing wrong and the things I could do better. And I think that Drone is one of my best uh, written books yet. 
Uh, it is professionally copy edited, proofread. It is um, now I write using a, a program called Dragon Dictation that allows me to speak my story, and then the program will transcribe it on the page for me, and that's really increased my output. So from what I understand from what you just said, you blazed through this. You never really needed uh, to get over writer's block or anything. Drone was very unique. So by the time I got to Drone, uh, my first book took me a year to write. I wrote Drone probably over the course of three months. I, I remember because I was emailing you, Jacob, as I was writing it, I would send you chapter by chapter, and I would finish a chapter in like a couple of days. I remember you went you went on a cruise, and I would I probably sent you like four chapters while you were there. Um, and it's a, it's a big book. It's 350 pages in print, and that's north of 80,000 words, and yet I, I finished it in only three months. It shows how passionate I was about the story. Mm-hmm. And I remember you emailing it to me. I was voracious to get more. This book had me hooked, let me tell you. Go a little into the characters of the book. You know, who are your favorites? Uh, how did you create them? Just tell us a little bit about everyone in this book. What's the cast like? Absolutely. So we start off with David. He's a cynical, hardened war veteran who became a, dro- a drone pilot after a wartime injury robbed him of much of the use of his leg. David has reasons to hate Titans that I've outlined. Uh, he, he lost his little brother in a Titan attack, which is why he hates Prometheus in particular. He doesn't believe in heroes. You have Prometheus, who's a character in his own right. He's a great superhero, beloved by many, capable of these amazing deeds, who sacrificed his life again and again, and his reward was to be captured by the government, lobotomized, and robbed of his ability to do anything by himself. He's, for, he's captive. He's forced to watch David pilot his body, um, this, this person who, has, who hates him. And so they have a very interesting relationship. Then you have Elizabeth. She's David's superior officer in the army. She admires Titans, but she, uh, uh, Prometheus in particular, so she's conflicted between her loyalty to her superiors in the military and her loyalty to David and Prometheus. You have Sonny, who is a, um, the computer technological expert on the base. You have General Masters, who hopes to use, he's in charge of the program, and he hopes to use it for his own ends. He wants the uh, United States government and the military to rule supreme, and he wants to use the superhero's power to do it, the superhuman abilities. And you have Dr. Jacobs, who is the technological, he's the scientist on the base who created the product, the uh, project. He's a genius level intellect and um, he helps David and Prometheus learn how to use Prometheus's powers on the government's behalf. I got to say, I'm a big fan of Dr. Jacobs in particular. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me was general masters. I was very interested by the political themes he expressed. I kind of, imperialist attitude in the 2050s. Could you talk a little bit about General Masters' patriotism and maybe some modern relevance of that? Yes. In his mind, Masters believes that he's the hero of the story. I think many times in in good fiction, the villain doesn't think they're a villain. In Masters' mind, the United States, by the time my story takes place in in 2050, 
has the economy of the United States has been supplanted by China and by many of the other empires that have risen up. And um, Masters believes that in order to combat China's technological superiority with their drone armies, that he can use these superhumans to do so. And in the beginning, it works. In the beginning, he's using Prometheus. He devastates the Chinese uh, drone fleet. And, but he believes that that's the secret to restoring America to its rightful place in the world. Sounds a little bit like somebody we might all know, right, Kyle? Restoring America to its rightful place in the world. Uh, I, I wouldn't know anything General about Masters that. General Masters might even say, well, Kyle, it seems to me as if General Masters might even say China was killing us on trade. Uh, I wrote I wrote drone in 2015 uh, before the presidential election, so I'm proud to say that drone is not an overtly political book. So no matter what party that you hail from, you can hopefully enjoy drone as it's it's not political commentary. It does raise questions on the ethics of drone warfare um, and warfare in general. But uh, I I try to have every side has a viewpoint represented. It's like I say, it's not. It's good escapism. It's a solid superhuman fantasy book. It's not there to divide anyone. It's about believing in heroes. Uh, it's, there's something there for everyone, I hope. Yeah, and certainly it's not uh, overtly political or anything. I just wanted to be snide. You know, uh, It was a little bit prophetic how you were tapping into some attitudes with some of your characters' opinions on sociopolitical uh, or, shall I say, geopolitical divides uh but but that's just the perspective of you know general masters it's not what you're promoting as an author i i when i read the book i was much more invested in the emotional journey undertook by david and prometheus than of course any of the political themes uh, but now that we're on that could you talk a little about the developing emotional relationships in the story yes i I think in most cases, the relationships between the characters, regardless of the genre, is what anchors a story. How many of us can say we can leap over tall buildings in a single bound? How many of us can uh, fly across the the solar system in a spaceship at hyperspeed? No one. But through literature... We, we, can all, we can all relate to having our heart broken. We can all relate to um, feeling anger towards someone else. We can all relate to the feeling of suffering loss. The emotions and relationships, the human aspects, are what ground fantasy stories so that people can uh, – otherwise you run the risk of, of it being unrelatable when you have characters that can do these fantastic things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can definitely feel that, uh, especially when reading the book. I was there's a very emotional moment that I think is the high point of the book, and the book is so filled with action. And I'm not going to spoil what it is that happens, but let me tell you, readers, you'll love the action. It will keep you engaged from the start to the end, but the high point of the book for you will not be an action scene. I can tell you that. Um, Kyle, so you've talked a lot about how drone has sort of universal appeal. Could you maybe narrow that a little? Obviously, you don't want to narrow it too much, but who would really love drone? 
Well, first of all, if you're looking for a good deal, drone is only 99 cents today and tomorrow. So if, if you're someone who's looking for a 350-page um, action and adventure thriller uh, who just wants to be held in suspense, this is the time. Drone is for you. Um, but but Drone is a book that there's, there should be some, someone who enjoys superheroes, someone who enjoys comic books will love it, someone who enjoys technology and science fiction will love it, someone who enjoys fantasy elements will love it. There, there is, it's almost impossible to narrow the audience down because even though Drone occupies a niche superhero genre on, in its Amazon category, I think it could be a movie. I think it could be a story uh, that everyone would enjoy. Um, I actually have a buddy in Hollywood who I've been trying to get to read the book so that he will write the script for Drone. I, I think that once people discover this story, uh, they will be just as passionate about it as the others who have read it and as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree that Drone could make a fantastic movie. I really hope that moves forward. Seeing Prometheus on the big screen would be something else. Um once again, this is the Hellbender Book Show on the BookSmeak Network. I'm your host, Jacob Romines, and we're here interviewing Kyle Alexander Romines on his new book, Drone, which is on Amazon right now for 99 cents, the ebook edition. So, Kyle, um, what, as an author, came before Drone for you? Could you give us a short history of your writing career? The first book I wrote was a retelling of Jason and the Argonauts, the Greek myth. And it was terrible. It had, I wrote it when I was 19 years old. I had 50 main characters. Um, the plot was non-existent other than the Greek myth. It was, it was, the action was outlandish. The dialogue was like it was written straight from Star Wars. It was, it was bad. Um, my next book was a Western, and it was a little better. I, I, like I said, the more you write, the better you get at it. But it didn't have 50 main characters competing for the same plot, but the characters did outlandish things. I wrote a Western where the main character was swinging off chandeliers and sword fighting. Um, then came my third novel was The Cry of the Morrigan, uh, and my fourth novel was um, – no, my third novel was a, a fantasy book I wrote with one of my friends um, called Sermon for Dimensions. And that's a fantasy novel that I might get back to one day. But the, the writing started to become stronger, but I was still making some pretty embarrassing mistakes. But by the time I got to my fourth book, Keeper of the Crows, I, I learned what I was doing. I knew how to tell a story. Um, I learned the conventions of writing, rules of grammar. Um, my fifth book was an angsty werewolf romance written when I was in college after I suffered a heartbreak, and that should hopefully be coming out this year finally. Um, my sixth book was Sound in the Dark. It's an action thriller based on a camping trip I took to Green River Lake about a serial killer who pursues a bunch of friends in the woods. That book is out. It did really well on Amazon. It continues to sell well to this day has over 137 reviews on Amazon. Um, my next book was, I'm starting to lose track. It was uh, a West, It was the, the prequel to the first Western, and this one was actually good. It was published. It's Atonement is the title. It's on Amazon. So if you're looking for something not sci-fi, scary, or fantasy, that's one to check out. Um, the Chrononaut, I wrote that. 
that's a science fiction time travel novella about a haunted time traveler. It has an alternate ending, so you can pick the end of the story. Um, then I started writing a fantasy series called Warden of Fail, um, but that was preceded by The Seventh Sorcerer. So I wrote three fantasy books in that, and I took those books and I just built on the mythology. I did world building. I really I read a lot of fantasy books to understand the ins and outs of the genres, and that became Warden of Fail. Um, and that's going to be my next project. My um, I've just put up the book, the first book in the series, The Wrath of Lords, for pre-order. Um, it's available now in paperback, and book two should be out next week. So I'm really excited for people to hear more about that eventually. Um, what else do I have? I have the sequels to my first book, The Keeper of the Crows, The Whispers of the Crows, and The Vengeance of the Crows. They are with Sunbury Press, my publisher, with Hellbender Books. Uh, hopefully, they'll be at, at least one of them will be out this year. Uh, we'll see. Keep your keep your fingers crossed. And we have many other books on the way. I've I've written uh, 21 books total. I'm working on my 22nd book now. And I, of those books, I have seven, soon to be eight books published. So we have we have very we have a lot of uh, irons in the fire right now. Awesome. Well, my question was going to be what's next, but uh, you kind of answered that along with your writing career. So. In that answer, you kind of talked about getting better at the conventions of writing, you know, your evolution as an author. Could you give us some pretty in-depth advice about what that takes, about what you learned? Well, once you learn how to tell a story, you still have to become a good writer. Uh, And the thing that helped me the most was to make my stories fast-paced. I grew up reading the first books I really learned how to read that were chapter books were R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series as a kid. And the thing that R.L. Stein did so effectively was mastering the art of once you finish a chapter, you have a cliffhanger ending and it makes you want to turn to the next page. So as a kid, I would devour these books. I would read them in a day or less. And I have taken that approach to my books. How many times do people pick, does someone pick a book off the shelf and start reading it, and it's full of all this flowery language and endless description of a single room or some flower, and you have paragraph and paragraph, and you say to yourself, when does the story start? Like, I want to know, I I don't want to get bogged down in all these pages of nothing where nothing's happening. I don't do that. My philosophy as a writer is to still be true to good characters, be true to the plot, but to trim out all the fat, all the excess descriptive language, all the flowery adjectives, many adverbs, and to tell a lean yet muscular story. So my books, Drone is still 350 pages. It's not a short book, but it is not a book where the characters just sit around talking. I mean, things are happening. The plot is in motion. And you still have some of the quiet moments where characters reflect and characters discuss events, but it's not a book where you're going to be waiting for something to happen. Things are going to be in motion the whole time. And I take that approach with all my books. Cool stuff. Um, In terms of mistakes that new writers often seem to make, maybe some that you made, what are are some uh, quick fixes or patches that a new writer might might look for in his work? Well, one of the best things you can do as a writer is read. 
Uh, if you read books, then you will grow to understand storytelling and to keep writing. The more you write, the better you get at it. But also, don't be afraid to seek input. Writing is a very vulnerable thing. I know many people that will write and not want to show their stuff to anyone. But the only way to get better is to get unbiased feedback from people you trust. And I don't mean your friends and your family. Um, there are experts. There are editors you can find online. There are beta groups. There are writing circles, writing groups you can get a, become a part of. I love reading other people's stuff. I'm happy to give feedback. I can't tell you. I talk to high school and middle school groups all the time or go to signings, and I have people that say, hey, can I send you something? And I always say yes. I love giving people feedback because it's the only way to grow. I've experienced the benefits of that myself uh, with my books. So you have talked a little bit about how the best way to become a better writer is to become a bigger reader. Could you give us some of your favorite books uh, that maybe aren't written by you, your, your recommendations? Absolutely. I love a, a – it's a massive uh, graphic novel called Bone by Jeff Smith. It's this story about a fantasy creature that starts small and becomes an epic journey. Uh, it's very grounded in realistic emotions and relationships for such a fantastical story. Um, I love the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown. Um, it's a, it, I can't do the plot justice by describing it, but it is a, a book set in the future when we, mankind has colonized Mars, and the main character is a red who is in, enslaved, um, and it's about his quest to bring justice to um, the political system of the time. Uh, it's, it's an amazing series. I love the novelization of the third uh, Star Wars movie, Revenge of the Sith, by Matthew Stover. Um, I love um, the, king, the first book in the Kingkiller Chronicles, The um, Name of the Wind. is a fantastic fantasy book that I, I've read. Um, and then there are many other books that I love. I, I um, am crazy about reading. I don't have as much time to read as I used to because I spend so much time writing, but it's something that I treasure. Mm -hmm. That's awesome stuff. Great recommendations. Uh, I can back many of those myself. So once again, I'm Jacob Romines. We're here on the Hellbender Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Uh, I'm talking to Kyle Alexander Romines about his new book, Drone, which you can find on Amazon for just 99 cents right now in its ebook form. Kyle, could you tell us a little more about your long-term life goals? Moving away from books for a second, tell us what you see yourself doing in 10, 20 years. Well, I'm currently in the process of applying to medical residency programs. I completed medical school at the University of Louisville and obtained my medical degree there. And I'm looking to complete a residency program so I can obtain a license to practice and um, potentially work for the CDC um, with infectious disease or as a cruise ship doctor. Um, but that would be mainly to support the writing. And that's what I'm really passionate about. So no matter what you do, you see yourself inevitably writing for the rest of your life? Well, that's my goal. Now, it may be that I don't have as much time to write, certainly in residency, as I would like. It's a very high-stress, uh, high-stakes field, uh, and I can, I can live with that um, 
for a few years. I actually, some of the books I've written in advance, I plan to release uh, during residency so that my readers will still have material from me. Well, I did watch you finish how many books in med school? Um, over seven, I think, I think, but residency is not quite the same as medical school. It's a, it's a full-time job and you're getting paid. Um, so I, I don't anticipate I'll have too much time to write. Yeah, well, you can go for a modest four finished books during residency then. How does that sound? That would be good by me. It takes me a while. To, the books I'm writing now are all fantasy, and it takes me a, it takes me slightly longer to write these books, not only because of the massive word count, but because the world building requires uh, more thought, more uh, research than just writing a horror novel that I might be able to write in one month. Well, let's get into that a little. Uh, could you tell us more about your fantasy series? Sure. The series is called Warden of Fail. It is based off a trip I took to Ireland, and it, the whole experience profoundly inspired me. The concept of the story is based on um, the, his, the historical um, ancient Ireland. There is one high queen who rules over five kingdoms. Each kingdom has its own king or queen. The high queen has appointed wardens to keep the peace between the realms because each kingdom has its own economic, political, um, religious system in place, their own attitudes towards magic and non-humans. And so there's a lot of inherent tension between the kingdoms. And so the main character, most of the wardens are seen as great heroes. Most of them are beloved, but my main character is not. Uh, Espen Berenger, he is hated and feared. He's the most dangerous man in Fail. He's a broken man, but he's a highly lethal warrior, and he's also very crafty and cunning. And so the story um, of Warden of Fail follows him in his adventures, each book is largely self-contained. I mean, Jacob, I don't know about you, but I, I love the fantasy genre, but one thing that, that bothers me is you can't just pick up a fantasy book and start reading it. Uh, most of the times they're in a series, and you have to read 500 other books to know what the heck's going on. Well, my series is not like that. I set each book is largely standalone. It takes place in one of these five kingdoms and follows one adventure. Now, there is a larger story unfolding over the course of the series, and if you read all the books together, it will enhance your appreciation. But my goal is someone could pick up the third book or the second book and read them and enjoy them. Yeah, that's an awesome goal. Um, and that being said, though the Warden books are standalone, it's going to be an epic series once it's concluded, wouldn't you say? Yes. I have written the first three books and have almost finished the fourth. I will be releasing all of those this year. The first one, The Wrath of Lords, is available now in paperback, and it will be released on April 5th in ebook. That book is, has, it has, these books have character art, so they have art of the characters, they have maps, um, and they have professional covers. And I'm telling you, these are just beautiful books. If you like fantasy, you're going to love these stories. 
Yes, the covers are certainly incredible. Even if you don't have time to read through some large fantasy books right now, you might as well just pick up the paperbacks because they're going to look fantastic on your shelves. I've seen them. Uh, the paperbacks are out right now, so anyone who's interested in fantasy, go pick those up. Uh, they're really, really nice. And the first uh, book so, in the series is is actually shorter because I, I wrote that one to be only about 274 pages so that people that are interested in the series don't have to read a big, long book to get started. Now, the subsequent books are the more traditional fantasy length. The second one is 400 pages. The third one is around the same length. So they, they, the rest of them are pretty long, but the first one is not too ambitious. And as I understand it, there's also a little novella that readers can get into, right? That's right. I have written a 50-page short story prequel that anyone can read for free. Uh, I, I love to give away free content to readers. So although the story is available for $0.99 cents on Amazon, if you go to sign up for my email, my newsletter, so that I can send you direct messages when my new books are released, you can not only get this Warden prequel story, you can also download The Chrononaut, an entire novella for free. And those are their two products you can get completely for free. Awesome stuff, Kyle. So other than writing, could you tell us about some of your passions and hobbies? Well, writing is my biggest passion, yes, but I also I love getting out in nature. I love I'm I mean I'm from the hills of Kentucky. I love taking walks on my farm, going out in the woods, exploring nature. Um, that's where a lot of that's where Keeper came from. Certainly, the dilapidated old barn, the fields, the the animals in the woods. Uh, Sound in the dark came from a trip I took to Green River Lake. So I love getting out in nature. I love um, I'm, I like to swim. I enjoy board games. I have a friend who is over tonight. Actually, we were playing board games, and I'll be playing board games with some friends tomorrow. I love to travel. I love to try new things. I'm very passionate about food. Um, so those are just a few of my hobbies. Obviously, I like to read, of course, too. Mm -hmm. um, getting back to drone, I wanted to talk a little bit more about superhero genre. Um, and could you first mention what you have planned next for drone, uh, this this series specifically? Yes. I have a direct sequel to drone called Titan that is centered around um, a character called Typhon. I won't reveal anything else about that book yet. I have a spin-off series called Superhuman uh, at the moment, that's what that's titled, that follows uh, a group of superhumans. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil anything about that either, but it will be a while before I get to those books. I have to, fan I have to finish the Ward and a Fail series first. Um, I, the Warden of Fail is very ambitious. Like I said, I, I'm working on the fourth novel in that series. It should be six, maybe seven books total. But I also write uh, – you talked about the prequel short story I wrote that's 50 pages. I have more of those stories on the way. Uh, each character that I get art for, I will release one 50-page short story for. I'll, I will put those up for 99 cents on Amazon – and when I have enough stories, I'll compile them into one book and print that as a, as a novel-length book for an anthology of my fantasy characters. So I try to provide a lot of content. 
And that's awesome stuff. Uh, of course, I'm excited for the Warden series to be completed, but you can't blame me for wanting more Drone, can you? Absolutely. So I, I know that everyone who has read Drone has two things that they, they ask. They say, first of all, when's the movie coming? And then they follow that up with, when's the next book? I want to know more. Well, the answers are coming, but you can also enjoy Drone as a standalone as well. You don't have to read – Drone's not going to end, and you're going to say, oh, I, I can't enjoy the book without part two. You, you can enjoy Drone by itself, so don't let me – don't think that you have to buy another book. You can absolutely enjoy – buy Drone and just enjoy a full, complete 350-page story for only 99 cents today and tomorrow. Well, if I didn't know the author, then I'd actually ask for Drone not to have a sequel because it's such a perfect self-contained story as it is. Uh, but so with Drone having sequels and all that, could you talk a little bit about a cultural phenomenon in the superhero world, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? It seems to me as if nowadays every single superhero story is going to be judged against that standard. Uh, what are your thoughts on the MCU, and how does that relate to uh, your thoughts on the superhero genre as a whole? I love Marvel. I remember sitting in the theater in 2008, I believe, when Iron Man was released, and watching after the credits, somebody said, you need to stick around for the credits. When they had the very first post credit scene, and Nick Fury came out and said, um, you're living in a world full of superheroes you just don't know it yet and after that i've watched each marvel movie um mostly they've all been so i haven't watched a single one that i hated um but with a couple of exceptions they've all been amazing i mean i love these films i love the characters now i have my favorites um the spider spider-man has always been my favorite superhero uh, but i really enjoy the guardians of the galaxy movies uh, obviously the avengers movies and then as far as the single um, character movies, I like um, the, the two Captain America sequels a lot. I liked the Doctor Strange movie a lot. I enjoyed uh, the, the newest Thor, Thor Ragnarok, a great deal. And uh, honestly, I really like the Ant-Man movies a great deal. I think he's a great character. Mm, uh, yeah, I, I got to get behind you on that one. Uh, personally, Drone reminds me most of my favorite Marvel movie, which is Infinity War. Uh, I think Drone and Infinity War have the common element of a fantastic, nearly unstoppable villain with some terrible plans for everyone. Uh, and they share a large, epic scope with a lot of characters with competing ambitions. Again, that's Drone. It's on Amazon for 99 cents. I'm Jacob Romines, and this is the Hellbender Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. We're talking to Kyle Alexander Romines about his newest book, Drone. I just compared it to Infinity War because the scope of this story is fantastic. You've got to check it out. Uh, beyond just Marvel, Kyle, could you talk a little more about superhero movies outside of that that you've enjoyed or not enjoyed? I'm very interested in the process that you take regarding, you know, what – creative role superheroes play? What cultural role superheroes play? 
Well, I love the Dark Knight movies that Chris Nolan did over on the DC side of things. Um, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. I looked forward to each of those with breathless anticipation. Um, oh, as far as movies um, outside the main, outside Marvel and DC, um, there's a movie called Bright Burn, Burn by James Gunn that's coming out that looks really, really interesting. That's going to be a dark, ty- a dark take on the story of Superman. Uh, James Gunn, of course, directed uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies for Marvel, so even he has some, some Marvel experience there. Um, there's a movie I really enjoyed based on a Mark Miller comic book about an ordinary guy who decides he wants to become a superhero. I'm not sure I can say the name on the radio because uh, of the FCC regulations, but uh, there's a little profanity in the title. Uh, but that was solid. And then, of course, there's a lot of, maybe not necessarily superheroes, but there's a lot of comics that have been adapted. You would be surprised at the number of movies that you've watched or shows that you've watched that have been based off comic books, like independent, like The Walking Dead, for example. That's been such a big cultural thing for the last, I don't know, since 2011. That was a com- That's a comic book. That started as a comic book. And there are lots of other examples like that. Can you ever see drone being done as a comic book or a graphic novel, perhaps? Drone was originally intended as a graphic novel. I was going to write it as a script, and, and you, Jacob, actually convinced me to write it as a novel, and I'm so glad that I did. It's it's, it's possibly my favorite story of all. I mean, I've written 22 books, and every one of them is special to my heart in some way. Some I'm slightly ashamed of, um, but. Drone and the Warden of Fail books compete for the top spot in my in my heart. Uh, I got to say, Drone is personally my favorite out of the works that I have read. But let's not forget about Keeper of the Crows. It's your first book, and it is a classic. Everyone who's ever read it has liked it. And Dr- uh, and Keeper of the Crows is my my Hellbender book. I've written two books for Sunbury Press. They they sponsor this podcast, this radio show. Uh, I have several I have several sequels to Keeper on the way. Um, Keeper was my first published book, and I still have a lot of people that that's my favorite their their favorite books of of mine that I've written. Uh, a lot, I have a, a class that reads it every year, one that's reading it on um, from Greene County Middle School, Kentucky, and I'm pleased to announce tonight that. The Green County Middle School kids will be interviewing me about Keeper, so I want to keep some of my cards close to my chest here. Um, they're all, this class of 7th and 8th graders will be interviewing me here on the Hellbender Network. Um, during their school, I will be attending, and they will be. Uh, we will have a conversation about, about Keeper and my other books um, on this very show. Oh, that's awesome stuff. Well, don't some of them have exclusive access to uh, potential keeper keeper work, though? That's Will right. That possibly I've possibly biased their I've questions. My, I've passed my sequels along to their – now, they're not edited yet, and things may change, but I've passed the sequels along to their classes. Those kids are real excited at the opportunity. So yeah, getting some, back to some Drone. Me a thank you letter. Oh, really? That's awesome. Do you happen to yeah, have any of those yeah, thank you letters with you right now? Yeah, read one of those out for us. Uh, no, oh, come on. You don't have to say the you, name. You were, getting, you were saying getting back to drone? Yeah, I, I wanted to ask, what does a superhero 
superhero movie or book or graphic novel gone wrong look like to you? What don't you like about some modern tellings of superhero stories? Well, if they lost track on what makes the character uh, so uh, enjoyable to the audience, so appealing in the comic, in the original comics, if they lose sight of what makes the character the character, um, if they lose sight of the um, of the relationships between the characters, and if they don't, I think it might be tempting for someone who's not passionate about these characters and their history to come in and say, oh, superheroes, I'll just make a movie, costumes, and just put a lot of action in it, and I don't have to worry about the plot or the script or the characters. And I think if you do that, you make a big mistake. And I think there are some examples out there of superhero movies that have flopped and have not done well. Um, and that's why I, why I love the Marvel movies so much. I think the people in charge of those movies care about those characters. They care about their history in the comics, and they try to make that come to life. And I think they do a great job of it. That's why, they, that's why they've been so tremendously successful. And I think when you lose sight of that, then you don't tell a good story. I'd have to agree there, Kyle. Um, on Drone, when you talk about the history of characters, could you tell us a little about the structure of Drone, maybe the, the time sequences involved and how that might uh, tell us a little more about the characters? Yes. David will experience – David and Prometheus are mentally linked because Prometheus has been lobotomized to become a drone. That David, the main character, a drone pilot, is piloting on the government's behalf. Well, David is able to experience some of Prometheus's memories and likewise. So they both get to step in the other person's shoes. And that way they start off hating each other, but as they see what the other has experienced, they become begin to understand. And with understanding becomes progress in their relationship. And so I, that's the time sequences. The book is, is, is a linear story. It's not jumping back and forth in time, but you do have these memory sequences where David or Prometheus are pulled into memories and they, they begin to understand the other person and what drives them. Mm-hmm. I got to say, some of those memory scenes where you really get to understand the backstory of Prometheus are my favorite parts of Drone. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the titans that populate the world of Drone? You know, you've mentioned Typhon. Uh, obviously, you can't tell too much about him. He's a very special part of the book. And we know about Prometheus, but what are the powers of these titans? Well, I tried hard to make them all distinct. They all have their own power set. Uh, one is energy manipulation, but just on a grand scale, it's complete devastation. One is uh, telekinesis. Uh, again, these aren't just traditional superpowers like moving some lamp with your mind. This is moving buildings, destroying cities. Um, in, one is intense heat. One is biological disease and plague. They all have something different they bring to the table. It's just these colossal destructive forces. I viewed them, the superhumans, as forces of nature. That was what I wanted to bring to the table. And their names, they're inspired by Greek mythology? Yes, by the Titans. So they're called Titans, and they were inspired by the Titans because in Greek mythology, the Titans came before the gods. 
So the gods were these powerful beings above humanity that could do all these amazing things and were worshipped. But the titans were even more powerful, but they were also more primordial. They were more monstrous. They were more destructive. And that's the relation in my series, not to give anything away, but with the spinoff series, you have the more traditional superheroes. It's called superhuman. Uh, but these creatures are more powerful, more destructive than if someone really had these abilities, it shows you what our, how different it would be than what we, what we think about when we pick up a superhero comic. Besides Typhon and Prometheus, do you have a favorite Titan? That's a tough one. Um, maybe Cronus. Uh, Cronus has um, biological uh, and plague abilities, uh, and he's a very interesting character, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought Hyperion was very cool. Um, but yeah, Cronus is probably, I guess, the third coolest Titan. Isn't it cool that you've written something in which we can discuss how cool the third coolest is and it's still... <laughs> And, you know, not even the third coolest character, just the third coolest in a specific subset of characters. Yeah, I, I definitely am very proud of this story. I think that anyone who who goes to Amazon right now uh, and downloads a drone for only 99 cents in ebook um, will really enjoy it. I mean, it's a 350-page story, so you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Um, so I, I really would encourage anyone out there listening uh, buy drone now while uh, you can get it for cheap. Well, uh, we're going to have to be wrapping up soon. So before we do, I want you to give me your best one sentence pitch for drone. Believe in heroes. All right. Now let's do, actually, we still have a few more minutes, so let's hear those for your other books as well. Uh, out of all your release books, could you go through them and give us a one-sentence pitch for all of them? Let's see. Keeper of the Crows. Um, beware the Crows. Chrononaut. Live for today. Sound in the Dark. Run for your life. Bride, she's alive. <laughs> Warden, um, when heroes fail, send a monster. And what else have I written? Atonement, stand for what's right. For a man who makes a living off words, you certainly have a gift for being concise. I appreciate that, Jacob. I do, I do, I do what I do, what I do what I do. Wow. Well, that one, I can't say that that one followed the trend you set up, but anyways, <laughs> Kyle, it was great having you on the show. Uh, once again, this is Jacob Romines. I'm on the Hellbender Network uh, discussing Kyle's new book, Drone, which is on Amazon for 99 cents. Uh, go and pick that up. It's only, on, it's only 99 cents for the next two days. It's a fantastic read.